0: Check. Children, you are dismissed to your classrooms. Um, as the children and the Sunday school teachers make their way to their classrooms, please make sure your cell phones are off or in silent mode. Hello? Yes. You want me here? Dito. Better? Check. Better? Check, mic check. No? check okay thank you okay folks uh, please turn your Bibles over to Ephesians chapter 4 we're gonna read it again chapter 4 verses 1 to 6 great songs great testimony praise God Um, I'm gonna begin reading this is I'm reading from the New International Version one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening that you've blessed us with. We thank you for the songs that you have given to us, Lord God. I pray, Father, that it has prepared our hearts in order for us to meet you in the message that you have prepared for us. We thank you for the testimony of our sister Olga. We thank you for saving her as well and using our brother Atanas during that time. And we thank you for them, for adding them to our body, Lord God. And we pray right now, Lord, that you will use them to the next church that you will send them to. Father, we ask for forgiveness for our sins. We ask now, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to guide us and to teach us by the use of your word, Father, which has power in it. We pray now for your people, Lord God. We pray for their hearts. May you remove any and all distractions that is going to hinder them from hearing you and from obeying you. I pray now for me, Lord. I pray that you will just speak through me, use me again as your vessel, Lord God, and let you and you alone be heard by your people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, uh, praise God. I entitled our message tonight, United in the Spirit. Um, I wanted to say united in Jesus, but it really is the united in spirit. This is the continuation of our message last uh, two weeks ago. It was Mikey last week, right? So two weeks ago, and um, this is the, as we continue in the book of Ephesians, uh, we discussed the great need of humility the last time I was up here. The great need of humility for every believer. The fact that uh, Sister Olga shared earlier, there's, There's actually, as you understand the grace of God, you actually cannot help but to be humbled because nothing that you have done actually earned you heaven, right? Even though you think you're at the best of your ability, you've done to the best of your ability, it humbles you. The the work of God humbles you for those of us who have accomplished many things in life. It also humbles those who have offended God and, and, and have not lived the life in the right way. Grace does that too. Grace humbles the person that has done many good things because despite those things, God has rescued them as well. So the grace continues to humble people. So every believer's trait must be humility. Humility. We discussed uh, that in a lengthy uh, time and we also discussed about keeping the unity. And, And then we briefly discussed about me being the pastor, or every pastor of a church, actually being the one, a part of our, our job as a pastor is keeping the unity. And keeping the unity does not always just mean having peace. Because there's no way, because not everybody will agree with certain things, with everything. There's just no way. Everybody has a preference on how hard the drum should be hit. Or what electrical guitar or acoustic guitar should be used or what kind of song should be sang there's always preferences, but there's there are the, tonight we're going to be discussing what are the things that we need to keep in unity. those are the things that we're going to be discussing uh, so we're taking it very slow so these are the these are the factors of what as a church we need to keep united keep means. Always watching out for it, always doing something about it, right? But these are the unshakable ones. First one is when, when Paul said, "One Lord, who's our one Lord, Jesus Christ." right? And, and the one thing that we have to be in agreement with, we are not united if you don't believe that through Jesus and His blood and just by that that you are saved, then we are not in unity. One spirit. One spirit, the Holy Spirit. We all believe that the Holy Spirit, once a a person accepts Jesus, the Holy Spirit indwells in that believer. We all believe that. We are not in unity if you do not believe in the Holy Spirit. We are not in unity if you don't believe that the Holy Spirit is God. We are not in unity if you do not believe in the Trinity. Okay, I'm going too fast. One Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the Heavenly Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There. We are not in unity if you do not believe in the Trinity. Believer, if you're sitting there and you've been encountering certain people that call themselves Christians, and they're telling you they don't believe in Trinity, you are not in unity with them. You have nothing to do with them. All right, let me go through my list first. I'm feeling it. One faith. Once for all delivered to the saints. One faith, right? This is the one faith that we we, we carry on. I'll, I'll discuss more later. One hope, which is Christ's promise to return to take his followers to heaven. That's one hope. And the other hope is that only through Christ can we as believers experience heaven afterlife and experience heaven now because once we have jesus christ that we have everything we need one baptism this is not referring to the water baptism this is the baptism of the holy spirit and then one body made up of all believers everywhere the whole this is talking about the big sea the big church now if Anybody who believes with you, with the list that we had, same beliefs, you can consider them that you belong to the same church, to the same church, the big C. In us, as a local church, we are considered also a body of Christ that we have been called to become a part of. These things are what we, FICF, as one of God's local churches, need to be united on. If we do not agree with these major things, we are not united. We are not one. You are at the wrong church. If you have a different idea or different suggestion in what I have just said, please make sure you speak with me and then we can make a decision right afterwards because there is no way that we as a church will change our beliefs other than what is written down in the Bible. As I discuss these tonight, I hope that you find something, that if you find something you don't agree with, please, we will respect your decision, we will respect your opinion, and we will respectfully suggest that you find another church to belong to. And if you are called to become a part of this church, these are the things, these are the factors, these are the truths, these are the doctrines that we constantly talk about and discuss, and we rely on. It's the same thing. This is why Paul, and this is why Paul discussed this with the Ephesian church, because there's a great need for it. And as we study the, the letter of the, the of Paul to the Ephesian church, we are to give value to it. See, because our tendency, as if we read the Bible's Ephesians one to six, you won't even bother reading. Oh, okay, what's five and six? What, what does it really, uh, I think they're, they're trying to, for the marathon upstairs, uh, they're practicing. Um, but imagine being a parent, imagine being a parent, and, and then you invited a visitor, right? You invited a visitor, and then suddenly this visitor, you come to find out is very opinionated. And not just very opinionated, you gave instructions to your children and then this visitor, all of a sudden, gets up and says exactly the opposite thing of what you were trying to tell your children. How are you, as a parent, with a sound mind, going to feel about that? Because some people will probably, with not the sound mind, they're like, oh, okay, you know, I've been having my wine, it's okay, I guess he, you know, it's better than me. No, anybody with a logical mind and a proper thinking, you will be offended. Do we agree? Imagine that you are a homeowner. You're a homeowner and you invited somebody. And then right after you said, you know, I love how I spread all my furniture around my house. And how I organize things in my kitchen where my forks go, where my cups go. And this visitor all of a sudden says, you know what? I think your furniture doesn't actually go that way. It should go this way. And You should actually move your forks here and you shouldn't even have spoons. What are you? I mean, I know you're Filipino, but you shouldn't be using spoons. You should just use forks. You won't even like that either, right? Because that's your domain. That was your family. It is your home. It is your right. Correct? Now It's the same when it comes to the faith, in our faith with Jesus Christ. We have no right to tell the Bible how it should be written down we even with our high intellect have no right to tell God lord I think you got this all wrong there are six genders there it's 2021 lord can you update maybe we need to update this bible because it's outdated no we have zero right correct we have zero right and it's all these factors that we mentioned, we have no right, whether we feel like it or not, to change it. So, if we are to stay united as a church, folks, and if I were to stay as the pastor of this church, these are the truths that we stand on. These are the truths that we stay united on. Amen? All right, we're going to do something easy the Trinity. yeah easy (sighs) all right so we have two hours tonight folks we're gonna try to go through it fast (laughs) no we don't Um, one God and father of all who is over all and through all in all so kind of tricky because we all know that God created all of us right so we the people we all everybody has the right to call god the father as the creator because we were all created by him that's in malachi 2:10 do we not all have one father did not one god create us right cuz <laughs> right we, we all did it he he all made us but we are not we are not to call not everybody has the right to call God the Father because only those who belong to the family of God and only those who have accepted and surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. John one twelve reads, Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. So... There's a distinction there. We are all created by God the Father, but we don't all belong to the family of God. Galatians 3.26 reads, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Only those who have surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is one adopted to the family of God. And then, and only then, can someone call God their Father. Amen? That's one part of the Trinity. There's, it's, not in the, it's not on the slides, but John 8, 42, 44 reads. Let me just read this to you, and then you'll know what I'm reading here. It says, "If Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Verse forty four reads: "You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks in his native language, for he is a liar and the father, the father of lies." If you want to read it again, the scripture is John eight forty two to forty four. See. We were all created by God the Father, but before Christ, we, our Father was actually the devil. Our sinful nature is inclined to sin because until we surrender to Jesus and His Lordship, we become a new creation. Now, the second person in the Trinity, Paul went through that. If we missed it, we're going through it now, right? First Peter 1 Peter 1.18 reads to 19, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Only by the blood of Jesus were we saved. That is the second person in the Trinity. That is what Paul meant redeemed us by our one Lord. One Lord. Second part, we're going to be talking more about Him. And then, the third person of the the Trinity, the Spirit. One Spirit who indwells in each believer. Romans 8, 9 reads, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Is it clear? Is it too heavy? You do you not care? <laughs> First Corinthians 12-18 For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as, far, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. The Trinity is such a very... Difficult doctrine to explain and to study. But it is one beautiful doctrine to exercise our faith. And it's one beautiful doctrine for us to truly believe how the magnitude of God and His power and His majesty. If if we were to truly explain the Trinity in, in a simple manner, it's just like, Imagine your brain as a, as a Coca-Cola bottle and you go to the beach, let's say in Hawaii, like where those two came from. And you try to put all the sand of, of, of Oahu in that one bottle, right? That's, that's you trying to make sense of the Trinity. There's no way you can fit all the sand in that bottle. It's the same thing with the, with the Doctrine of Trinity. There's no way that we can truly get a good grasp of it, but only through faith through Jesus Christ can we say that we don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God, in three persons, functioning in different ways, but one goal. But don't trick yourself. Don't, don't believe the lies of the world because you could watch, because most of us, right, we're just watching Netflix or just watching YouTube or TikTok or whatever thing that you get there and then they'll say, Christians believe in three gods. Hindus believe in a thousand gods. Right? No, you, you believe in one god in three persons. Amen? Alright, not so, not so difficult, right? It was easy. Alright, one faith, one baptism, one hope. In Colossians 2, 7, about one faith, this is what it means. Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. That is the faith that we are, that is Paul. that is what Paul mentioned. Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. The faith that we have in Jesus, the faith that we have in Jesus, all the works that Jesus has done on the cross, and all the promises that Jesus has has said that we read in the Bible, those are what we hold on to, and that is what the faith that we are, uh, that Paul is talking about here. All the promises, everything that we, we believe in is right there. And in the one baptism, Romans 6, 3-5, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. That's the one baptism. When you go through your water baptism, that's a symbol of what we just read here. Your old self dies when you go underwater. And everything about your old self dies. All the sinful nature should have died, right? Right? Or was it too quick? Did we bring you up too soon? Should we have kept you there about five minutes? Right? Because there's, there's the death. It's a symbolism. The old is gone, the new has come. Folks, Christianity is about transformation. Grace is grace. Grace has forgiven our sins yesterday, today, and tomorrow. All of those sins have been paid for. But Christianity and grace, the grace of God teaches us, Paul has always taught us about transformation. That's why they said, if you have died the death that he had, then you shall live the new life that he has for us. Now I get it. Some of us, when we accept the gospel, it will be in our deathbed. You will not have the privilege to live a life glorifying to God. I said privilege. But most of us, we take it as a burden. We feel like the sanctification part is a burden. I feel it from time to time. I feel my prayer to God is, Lord, just take me now. Because I did another stupid thing. You know? But it is not a burden. It's actually a privilege. Because we are representatives of Jesus Christ. We are to reflect and to show and to represent His glory in our lives, in our new lives. What the world wants to see is us changing. They want to see that. They just don't want to hear it. They want to see our change. Did it really help Robert? Did it really help Joe? Did that Jesus of His really help? Now, in the context, or the the, the our title is United, right? So what the world needs to see is us as a church united. Not when we're getting along. We, of course, what's the point of, if we're getting along, they know we're happy, sure. But what the world needs to see is us united despite our differences. Despite our differences. But some people think dividing a church is the best way to magnify God's church. Some people think to slander other believers is the best way to keep a church united and to glorify Jesus. But we are to stay united. In the midst of trouble, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of differences, we are to stay united. United in what? United in, in Christ, united in the Spirit, united in everything that we just discussed in the, the two first slides, right? The truth about God, the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the truth about us, our faith. The truth about baptism. And here's the hope. One hope. 1 Peter 1.3 and then 1 Peter 3.15 reads, Praise be to God, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 15 reads, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So one faith speaks most likely not about objective faith, but the body of truth believed by Christians, right? Believe, the body of truth that we believe in, which is exercised by all Christians in Christ our Lord. One baptism speaks that the Holy Spirit indwells in every believer. So if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity indwells in you. So when you think about that truth, whether you like it or not, You explain to me now why you cannot give up that sinful thing that you're doing. The one thing that you don't want to surrender and you're telling me I don't have the power. That's right. You don't have the power to overcome that. But the Holy Spirit that is indwelling in you does. But now the Holy Spirit will not just take and override you. What the Holy Spirit's waiting for is that you ask and you give it up. You give up your right. Christianity, grace, being a born-again Christian is not about entitlement. We are not entitled to sin. As Christians, we have to give up our rights to ourselves, which is most of the time sinful. Which is most of the time sinful. I was listening to a preaching about Uh, fatherhood and Alistair Begg said he said don't kid yourselves parents and even if you have a child who's such a good kid that will not break any pencils that will be like a straight arrow don't kid yourself that child of yours wants to sin why? because our hearts are inclined to sin right? How many times do we have to read that verse here? That's why I don't have it tonight. Right? When Jesus said that the heart is what? Right. That's right. The heart is a factory of idols, right? The heart is the most deceitful of all. It's in Jeremiah Jesus also said it, right? So one hope, this is the hope part. One hope refers to all believers have a common hope regarding their future. What's that? What's that future? That we will be with our God when after this life, we will be with our God in heaven. Some people are saying, oh my gosh, no more party. <laughs> you know, if, if you're thinking heaven's just like church and you think church is boring, then you're, you're thinking like, man, heaven's going to be so boring. right? If you, can stand, if you can sit here for an hour and actually enjoy fellowship, you're not looking forward to heaven. You're thinking, you want heaven to be like Vegas, right? Vegas at night. <laughs> That's when the party starts. So I was told. <laughs> but, right? it, but if you have been truly a new creation, you have new things that are attracted with. You're going to be attracted to new things. Being a new creation means there's a new, a new insight, a new mind, a new heart, everything new. But the the, the one hope, the one hope is that all believers that we will be with our God in the future in a confidence that began at the time when we were called to salvation. Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus. And Jesus becomes our everything. When our relationships here on earth isn't working out, right? And of course, that only happens to, to unmarried folks, you know, trouble, because married people, we don't fight. <laughs> right? No, no, that, no. Wait, wait, wait. When we're dating, when we're married, we're fighting too? Are we arguing too? Is there trouble when we're married too? And when we're with, what, with our children, we have issues with our children, the children that we take care of, the children that we give our all entire being to, we have issues with that? We have issues with our relationships, with our work, even though we go to work, even if we have covid well, we, we do. We do. Even in our best, we, even with the best of our abilities, every relationship that we have here on earth fails. It fails. That's why some people would rather not work with people, right? Because, man, if you're working with people, what happens? Drama happens, right? I was, I, I was uh, with Alonzo at the uh, children's emergency room yesterday. And we were both surprised how nice the nurses were. You know, they were so nice. They were like, I'm sorry you're going through this. I hope you feel better. And then, and then so a nurse called Alonzo Jaime. Oh, Jaime. And, and we said, oh, you know, he'd rather go with Alonzo. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't know. Like, she was so apologetic. And she stepped out of the room. Alonzo were like, were like, she's so apologetic. We've never had that before. So then we started thinking. I go, Yeah, you know, I've been in the ER before, but they've never been disrespectful. But then we said, no, maybe because it's in the children's emergency room. Maybe their training is different. They should be nicer to children. So that's a clue in for you guys. If you guys want to be, you're going to go to the ER next time, go to the children's side. (laughs) The nurses there are nicer. If you are nurses and you want to be nicer, maybe you want to be trained by the children's ER nurses. (laughs) It's nice. They were really nice. Where was I? (laughs) Our hope, our hope is in God, right? Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in our future that we will spend eternity with God, and our hope is that that life is going to be better than this life. Our hope that this this relate the relationship that we have here, though may, they, it may fail, our relationship with Jesus will not fail, Amen. Because who's the one that holds that relationship together? Him, and praise God that it's the one, the one true God that holds that relationship. Because if it were up to us, like every other relationship that we have here, it fails. Because sometimes we're just irritated. We're having a bad day, right? We didn't close the deal, right? We didn't close the deal. We were like, after 45 days of the... And then Alonzo says, Dad, can we play? Like, stop. Don't talk to me. Because I'm grumpy. Because I lost the deal. I don't know what your trigger points are. But time to time, right? It's just we, we bite their heads off. But with God... Despite the many failures that we've done, even after our devotion, our quiet time in the morning, right? From eight to eight thirty we were praising God, we were singing hymns, we were singing praise and worship songs, Waymaker, coworker, promise keeper, right? And then our wife says something wrong. We're kicking the chair, we're kicking the dogs. <laughs> oh why take me now? <laughs> Right? It's, it, it's these things. We, we, it happens to us. But praise God for our relationship with Him. Because with that relationship, with our relationship with God, it never fails. Because God never fails. Right? God never fails. This is our uh, song of the month. Right? I was singing it earlier. I'll spare you from that pain. Now, next point. One body. Romans twelve four to 5. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not, have, do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And in 1 Corinthians 12:12 12, 12 reads, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all in its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Now let me give you an illustration before I get to the point here. Did you know there's this one web there's this one law firm in Minnesota and they're bragging about this accomplishment of theirs. They said here, our client Sandy was a longtime manager of Circle K stores in our area. On Pearl Harbor Day in 2016, she visited a store where she slipped and fell. An employee had mopped the area but did not use a degreaser instead the floor it instead made the floor slicker in the fall sandy injured both her shoulders right knee and neck physicians chosen by circle case workers compensation insurance carrier provided all her medical treatment sandy had five surgeries including elbow and shoulder surgeries right away and later another knee surgery a hip surgery and neck surgery she had a hemorrho fractural fractures in one shoulder and torn rotator cuffs in both sandy did not have a good day right she had a meniscus knee problem and needed a tendon repair in her hip she later even developed some carpal tunnel symptoms in her hands all her doctors believe she had reached maximum medical improvement. We proved in the medical records that all the medical treatment and surgeries were caused by the fall. The work comp insurer paid Sandy two hundred sixty three thousand nine hundred thirty six in medical expenses and thirty nine thousand six hundred forty eight in temporal total disability payments. Now, before you go and slip and slide at the store after this, that's not the whole point. The point is this. If, if the world recognizes and is ready to compensate to a person who breaks certain parts in their bodies a large amount, if the world recognizes that every part of that person, Sandy, is important to her living and have paid a good amount of money, Why in the spiritual life, why us spiritual people and in our spiritual life do not recognize the importance of every part of the body? Do we need to fall before we recognize the need for prayer? Do I need as your pastor to fall tremendously for you to take your prayer life seriously when you're praying for someone? Do we need another death in our church for you to say, Oh, you know what? I think I need to pray for someone for comfort. Maybe I need to take my prayer life seriously. Do you need to fall and lose your ministry before you actually take your spiritual walk with the Lord seriously? Do you need to be embarrassed to a point it's like a broken neck and you feel useless before you actually surrender your everything to God? Do you actually need to lose a church first for you to see the importance of belonging to a church? Sometimes that's how we learn. Sometimes that's how we learn, you know? If the law of man have recognized that once a part of our physical body is injured or severed, the entire body function will never be the same again and will never function the same way again. And even if it does, it doesn't function comfortably. Now, it is the same for the body of believers. Whenever a brother or a sister or someone who at least claimed that they are a part of the Christian church globally, whenever that sister or brother falls like, My brother, Robbie Zacharias, and his fall, I grieve with him and his family. I I, I don't celebrate like the rest of the world celebrates. I even kept it out of my social media, unlike other folks, because it's so embarrassing. His embarrassment, I felt like it was my embarrassment. His fall, I felt like it was my fall, because this man taught me so much about the faith. And you have your own heroes in the faith. And you you can share your own story about those same heroes falling. And we all grieve. Once you become united with the church of Christ, you will grieve when a Christian falls. That should be the unity of Christians. We are united in spirit. You know, it's... That's the toughest part for me, this, this year. This, this year has been such a, a big challenge. I mean, since last year, and then, and then that, losing him first, Rabbi died, and then this scandal comes out, and and I, end up being true. You no, know, it's, it's just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. But there's a great importance for every part, every part of this church, this FICF, all of you matter a lot you might not know it you might not even accept it but you do your presence here sunday after sunday matters because when you're not here someone is discouraged amen when you're not here it's one less voice to praise god through the songs it's one less person praying when we ask for what the altar call because that's what you're supposed to be doing believers when when I'm calling for, when I'm doing the altar call of who wants to accept Christ, you there should not be saying, oh, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? You should be praying like, Lord, please touch that soul to come up and accept you as Lord. That should be what you're doing. So if you're not here, you're not doing that. Right? And if you're not here, I gave this example of the prayer warriors last Wednesday. Thank you. Imagine you prepared a meal. Like the Filipino dish that I think is one of the most expensive ones to make and hardest is the kare-kare. You know that one? With the peanut butter, you know, the oxtail. you know during my time it was like when I had the restaurant, it was 250 per pound. I don't know, it's probably more expensive, maybe 350 a pound. So you make it so special, and you put some some peanut butter, not all the peanut butter, you know And, the, <laughs> and then you have some you know the 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 bagoong, right? and you cook that. Your house stinks, but you're like, yeah, you know what? The people that I invited, they're going to enjoy it. Who cares if my clothes will smell like patties for two weeks, you know? Oh, who cares? And then they don't show up. And imagine the guests that you were counting on, the guests that you cooked that meal for, did not show up. Some people will say, well, more for me. <laughs> but in reality, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be hurt. And you're going to wait for an explanation. And then the worst thing is, you, next, you see them the next day, it's like, well, <laughs> like, like, something happened. Like, hey, Joe, what's going on? And you're like, what? Dude, we, we had a dinner time. We have a dinner date. Yeah, I, you don't owe me an explanation? Remember, you're on the receiving end of that person, that attitude, okay? But you know what? We do that to God day in and day out when we take church for granted. And you're going to say, oh, he's saying that because he's a pastor. No, I'll, I can sit there and you can become the pastor and it's the same truth. That is what we do to God. Oh yeah, we say, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't make it to church. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and praise God, that's true. You're forgiven, you're given grace and you're given mercy. But just think about it, though, in the real time as if you were the one being ignored, as if you were the one that was just taken for granted. Sunday after Sunday, folks, the people that are preparing the songs here, they take time. They take their time. You might not like it. You might not think they're good. But they take their time. They sacrifice their time. Make it for the opening hymn. Make it for the church, the whole church. You know, the guys there on the sounds, the guys that are... The, the, the Facebook thing is such a big hassle, you know. But we try to do it so we can feed the ones that can't make it here because of good reasons. We're not giving it to you so you can use it as a reason not to make it. It's for those people who truly can't make it but want to be, be able to join us. But it's... You, you don't make it to church. You know, we, we, you are important. You are a part of the body right you know when, when you injuries happen and your whole body hurts even if it's in your tight your smallest toe right I don't know why that's the case I don't know why you're like you're the smallest thing in my body but then you're bothering the entire body right that's why I hate eating fish and this, this small bone from Bangus, right there. This tiny. You feel like there. It's this big in your throat. You're like, oh gosh, I can't move on. I can't move on with my day. You have to get it. You have to get it out. It's the same with the church, folks. If one of us is not here, and if one of us is not responding to the yielding of the Holy Spirit in His life or your life, if you're not responding to that, you are impeding your growth, and you are impeding the church's growth. If you are called to lead the men in this church and you're not responding, you are impeding your growth and the men's growth, the men of this church growth. Same with the women, same with the youth, same with the young adults, right? Everything, all the music ministries, everything, the discipleship, the Bible studies. If you are not responding to God's call to your life, you are hindering the growth of the body. So what are we to do? We are to do, we are to make sure we are placed where God wants us to be. That is what Paul says here. First Corinthians twelve eighteen. 18, he reads, But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. Just as God wanted us to be. Now, if you truly believe that God has placed you to become a part of this church, you stay in this church, you grow in this church. But you just don't grow sitting down. You sit down, you consume, but you act. You sit down, you read, and then you act. Whatever you have learned, whatever God has revealed in your life, you have to act on that. You can't just say, oh, that was good. That was good. I worked out my biceps. Hey, can you help me with the groceries? Nope. It's too hard, man. I got to work out later. Right? It's No, we get strengthened so that we can be of help. Correct? We get fed so that we can be strong and that's so that we can become a blessing to others. We get blessed so we can bless. Amen? That is the one body. And that is our message tonight. We will continue with our Ephesians. Uh, chapter, we're going to be talking about the gifts that every christian every christian has received from god all those gifts we're going to be talking about that next week amen? amen praise god please join me in the word of prayer father we thank we thank you for the message and the lesson that you have revealed to us through the message father now we ask for your wisdom we ask for wisdom us, Lord God, that we will be able to apply the knowledge that you have given to us. Give us the resolve, Lord God, that no matter how challenging it may be, if it is you that has told us to do a certain thing, we pray, Father, that you will strengthen us and empower us in order for us to obey you and glorify you with our lives. We ask now, Lord, for our faith to be strengthened in order for us to live out your commands in our lives we ask for forgiveness for our sins Lord god for our shortcomings for the days and the times that we have fallen and instead of glorifying you we have shamed your name we ask now lord god that you bless everyone that is here this evening i pray father for blessings for them may you attend to their needs lord god may you heal them spiritually may you heal them physically May you restore any broken relationships, Lord God. And Father, I pray that you will just give them their needs, Father God. If it is financial struggle, Lord God, help them. If it is marital problems, Lord God, please help them. If it is their relationship with their children, Lord God, please help them. And I pray, Father, that all of our hearts will continue to yearn for you. That our hearts will continue to want to know more of you in order for us to grow in our relationship with you we ask all these things in your son's sweet and mighty name we pray and all the lord's people said amen amen Amen. Amen. let's all rise for the closing hymn and if you have any decisions you want to make this evening if you want to accept christ as your lord please come up so we can